Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 75, and we are going to take a look at Psalm 1. We are working our way through this one. There's so much that is packed into it, and that is the great thing about God's Holy Word. There is always something to rely on. There is always something to learn from. There is always something to comfort our heart and to bless our life. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why I love reading God's holy word. There's always something new even though God's word never changes. It's always it's always true. It never fades over time. But whenever we look to God and we read his holy word, he enlightens us in a different way each and every single time. I think that is a true testament to the power of God and how much he loves us. So, last time we were talking about what fruits are we bearing whenever we allow certain roots to take root in our life because there is a difference between having good roots and bad roots because that determines you know whatever is planted in our life and whatever you know whatever takes root in our life directly and immediately determines the fruit that we that we yield throughout our lifetime or that we produce throughout our lifetime So I'm going to be reading from Psalm 1 and I'm going to be reading or starting from verse 4. It says the wicked those who live in disobedience to God's law are not so but they are like the chaff worthless and without substance which the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand unpunished in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked shall perish. This is kind of harsh, but it's very true because God says it like it is. I love this. You know what's interesting is that God is not afraid to call someone wicked or to call them righteous. But in our society right now, at least in the United States, it's like everybody's got to be politically correct, everybody's got to be inclusive, but what's interesting is that the more politically correct our society is, and the more we we go towards quote unquote inclusiveness which is stupid the more it hinders our freedom of speech and the less and less we sound and act like good kind people the less and less we sound like good christians of god's holy family isn't that interesting and i think the reason why that is so is because whenever you replace god with something that you think is more important in your society there are going to be problems there are going to be issues that's just how it is you know i look at it this way everybody believes in something whether or not they believe in god or not you know they are believing in something you know like for example atheists and uh, agnostics how you say it? agnostics excuse me my mouth is dry they may not believe in god but especially atheists they believe in math and science like to the extreme and i think the reason why atheists look to science so much especially in these the scientific theories and things like that is because they long for completion they long for things to make sense they long for knowledge because they have an emptiness in them Well, let me speak to my atheist um viewers or listeners here. That emptiness that you're feeling 
is from not knowing God. It's not necessarily from being human. It's not because you know you had a tough life or maybe you have a great life and you're not sure about things. It's because you don't know God. See, here's the thing. Every single one of us on the face of this earth was created in the image of Almighty God. Being that we know that is true, every single one of us has a soul. So being that we have a soul and we do, it's very important to nurture and to be kind and loving to your soul. Our society right now is so screwed up because it's more concerned about pleasing and appeasing other people, but we're not focused on what we want as an individual to actually be happy and to be successful and to be content and to be peaceful people. See, here's the thing. Whenever you are in a society that limits your speech in any way, it greatly hinders the human soul and the human mind. And because it hinders those two things, it typically over time breaks the human heart. The reason why is because God gave us the ability to speak, to form conclusions and to form opinions. That is a God-given gift. That's not random, that's not scientific, that's not the big bang theory, which again, the big bang theory is just a theory. It's not fact. So if you believe in the big bang theory, eh, you you kind of need to back off of that because, you know, how many theories are you going to believe in? before you realize that God's not a theory, he's actually a fact and he's true. Like, why believe in a theory when you can have the real thing every day, all day, any day? Give me the love of of my heavenly father any day, every day, all day. I don't want some stupid theory. I want black and white yes and no facts here, and that's why I believe in God. That's why I believe in the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Joshua. That's why I believe You know, theories, here's the thing. I think one reason why atheists sometimes overbelieve in theories is because they want so much for them to be 100% true. And here's the thing. Theories are always going to be flawed. And they're never going to be completely true. Why? Because mankind thinks up theories. But God's holy word is true and factual. So needless to say, that emptiness that you're feeling, especially if you're an atheist or agnostic, it comes from not knowing God. It comes from not reading his holy word. So I encourage you, if you're an atheist or agnostic, I love you very much. You need to read God's holy word. because that is where you will find true life and true meaning. I feel like sometimes so many people are seekers. They're constantly seeking something, but do they actually find what they're seeking? I would venture to say that most people do not find what they're seeking. The reason why is because they're not looking to God. They're looking to everything else except God. That's why they're lost. That's why they are unsettled. That that's why they're irritated. That's why that's why things don't make sense to them. When you put God first, everything else falls into place.
you know, when looking at these verses, it's very blunt about the wicked and the disobedient, right? And if you are atheist or agnostic or maybe you're just a weak Christian and you know you're Christian but in name only. You don't go to church, you don't read the Bible, you don't practice a good life, you know, you say the Lord's name in vain, you you, you treat women and children like crap, and you know, you you disrespect your boss or or you're mean and cruel to your employees, like basically Christian name only and you just think you can do whatever you want whenever you want, however you want, no consequences. That's not what being a Christian means because there are going to be some Christians in hell. Because bad people cannot exist in heaven. That's just how it is. Evil cannot be anywhere near the holy altar of God. So you you fake Christians, you need to repent. You need to straighten up. If you say you're a Christian and you wear that cross, you you better you better believe it wholeheartedly. Because if you've read the Bible or if you've heard of the Bible, you know what Jesus thinks about lukewarm Christians, like lukewarm believers. They don't go to heaven; they get spit out with the bad. So don't be a faker or a poser. God can't stand that. It gets really old. So here's the thing. In regards to the wicked and the disobedient, God is very strict and very clear. about what he considers to be wicked and what he considers to be disobedience. And you're probably thinking, well, God seems really harsh. He seems really angry. He seems just, you know, not not reasonable. I mean, why should I believe in a God that is so harsh and so strict and you know, you know, thinks that people can be wicked and disobedient? Here's the reason why because some people are wicked and some people are disobedient. Let's use a non-religious example just so that we can be clear and on the same page here. So say for example, you own a company. You're very successful, and let's say you hire someone. And I would say for the first 30 or 60 days, they do a great job. They are an amazing employee. You're like thinking, "Oh, I'm so glad I hired this person. They're wonderful." Then right at the marker of 61 days, They start being disrespectful to you. They start being mean to their fellow coworkers. It starts out subtle, but it slowly gets worse. Very rarely is someone super nice or even just mildly nice and then just go AWOL, you know, just like that's very rare. Does it happen sure? I mean, there are plenty of people that go postal, but you don't have to be at a post office to go postal. I'm saying that it can't happen, but it's rare. Think. Let's say that employee is some stupid guy and he's sexually harassing a woman. Wouldn't you say that that is wicked, evil behavior? He's bothering a woman. He's harassing her. And it's sexual harassment. He's being mean to her. Let's take this a step further. Let's say you are the the owner, the CEO, and you have an HR department. And your HR department, they claim to care about people, but they really don't, which is very typical of HR. They just love the power. They don't actually like being good and kind to people because that's not typically what they're paid to do, which is why I truly believe the HR departments are from the pit of hell because they're not there to protect people. They're actually there to get rid of people. Like don't believe the lies that they care about your rights and that they care about your work, that they care, they want to make sure you get paid. Yeah, that's not true. 
Look at how many court cases happen about things like this. And you'll look at the Department of Labor statistics about how many people are not getting paid what they were promised they would get paid and yet they worked the labor and the hours. Where was HR in those situations? Oh, that's right. They were covering the posterior of their bad evil boss or CEO. But let's say for the, you know, this example, you are a good and wonderful Christian CEO, like you actually are a good person. Let's say for example, your HR department, I'm unbeknownst to you, you don't know or understand just how bad they really are and that they really don't care to do the right thing. All they care about is being professional bureaucratic paper pushers. So say for example, the young woman, well you don't even have to be young to be sexually harassed. I'll just say woman. Let's say the woman that is being sexually harassed reports this jerk for sexually uh, harassing her. She reports it to HR. HR refuses to believe her. And says, "Oh, he's actually a really nice employee. He's new. Like there's no way he could have been bothering you. Everybody else likes him. Why don't you?" He's actually really popular. Did you know that? He's popular. He learns really well. He's helped out the engineering department. Like, you know, are you sure he was really trying to touch you? Are you sure that he was messing with stuff on your desk? Are you sure he was saying sexually inappropriate things? Like, how do you know he wasn't just complimenting you? Like, can't you take a compliment? Like, he's really hot. Don't you think it would be nice like you know if someone like that flirted with you are are you just like not into men like are you gay because you don't want this guy sexually harassing you like you don't want him hitting on you like are you a lesbian everything i just said happens all the time all the time it's horrible <laughs> it is grotesquely sick here's the thing you have two very evil people Okay? It's not the victim and it's not the owner, it's HR and the perpetrator. So, let's say for example this woman can't take it and she's like, "Oh my gosh, now I'm being punished for reporting sexual harassment." So, let's say for example she quits. The owner says, "Hey, why did she quit?" HR says, "Oh, this just wasn't for her. She was just making stuff up about this really hot guy in this new department." And you know, you know, for all we know she's gay. I mean, these lesbians. I mean, can you really trust them? Let's say for example, the owner is smart enough to realize, "Hey, this HR department is really bad." He realizes that, "Hey, wait a second. Everything they just said and did was unlawful, illegal, and immoral." So the smart business owner, I'm just saying it's a guy, nothing against guys or gals, I'm just using a a male figure here for this example, because it would be nice if men actually woke up to what's been going on. It really would be nice, hint hint. So, um, I say for example, this this gentleman CEO says, "Hey, that HR manager and her assistant are really not doing their job. Like they're 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 taking the side of this guy that we hired. And yes, he's really good at his work, but he's sexually harassing this woman and she quit her job. So let's say the male CEO calls the worker, you know, calls the woman that quit and said, "Hey, I understand you quit. Can you please tell me why? Don't hold back. I want to know what happened." This is not about me going to HR. This is between you and me. I'm the owner of this company. I want to know why you quit. And so let's say for example the woman's like, "Okay, I'm just going to tell him everything. I'm going to get this off my chest because I'm sick of it. I've had it." Okay? Which is typically what happens in these situations. Because 
you know, the victim, they are dealing with a lot of pain. And here's the thing. Her voice was silenced by her oppressor, which was the guy, and then the HR office, who was supposed to protect and defend her, but they did nothing. They instead wanted the hot new guy to be around. And in fact, a lot of these HR managers that are women, they are actually very jealous of other women who get hit on by the hot new guy because the new guy is not hitting on them. Hint hint. So let's say for example this woman who quit her job, let's say that she actually has the courage to just say it like it is. She's like, "Well, I quit my job. I'm looking for a new job. You know, I have nothing to lose, everything to gain. The CEO has called me. He wants to know what happened." So I'm just going to say it like it is, get this all off my chest because I'm done with this situation. So she tells him everything that happened. Needless to say, the male CEO is shocked and horrified at what this stupid punk, this jerk, what he was doing to her. Her boss did nothing about it. whom the CEO had hired many years ago so her boss didn't care then she actually told the jerk hey don't talk to me like that that's not appropriate she actually confronted her oppressor in a, in as nice a way as possible say hey you're making me uncomfortable would you please not do that hint hint not only that but the CEO is is recognizing his HR department they have done something really bad here they have put first of all they have not helped this woman at all and that's what they're paid to do they're paid to stop bad behavior like this and to fire bad people and keep good people also this hr department has put his company on the line because this could possibly be a federal lawsuit again bureaucrats specifically these paper pushers and human resource uh, departments They act like they own the company, they act like they are the company, but when it comes down to it, they don't care about the company. Why? Because they're typically narcissistic. Because it's all about them, it's all about them and the control. Think about how much control HR departments have. They have everybody's social security number. They know what benefits people have. They know how many, you know, you know, kids or whatever they have with their family. Like HR departments know people's salaries. they know their wages that they, they know their deductions they have all this personal information that's way too much power for them to have because there's lack of privacy but yet they pull the whole over oh, HIPAA compliant yeah right i have to say i was going to say another word but i'll just say horse manure fill in the blank on that one so let's say for example this male ceo is sharp smart and he does the right thing. He thanks the woman for telling him what happened and he says, "Give me an opportunity to correct this for you. I know you are a good employee. Your work was awesome. I want you to come back to work. That guy is going to be fired and HR something's going to happen in that office like someone's getting let go because of this." Give me a chance to correct this. That is what a good CEO does. That's what a good Christian does. Not a faker, not a poser, 
but a real Christian. Like that's what a real man does. Hint, hint. That's what a gentleman does. Hint, hint. I don't know why these guys that are CEOs or um, in management, even lower management, I don't understand why they don't call women out on some of the stupid stuff they do. I think they're too scared to do it because of the feminist movement, because of what's it called, um, intersectionality feminism. You know, I wish we had more men. That would just stand up and say, "Hey, I don't care what sex you are. You can't be acting like that. I pay you to do what's right, not what's wrong." So, say for example, this male CEO, he's a good guy. He's a Christian man. He's going to do what's right. So, the woman who, uh, who was oppressed and is slowly becoming depressed because of what happened to her, she says, "Okay, let me think about it." I'll get back to you. The CEO says, "Okay, I'm going to give you a week or two. If you need longer to think about it, just let me know. But please, get, give our company another chance. I'm so sorry about this. The, you know that behavior is not acceptable to me whatsoever. You obviously are not the problem. These other people are. So the CEO gets off the phone with her. He immediately." calls HR into his office. He doesn't go to HR's office, they go to his office. You know, it's interesting is that HR, they love it when people go to their office because you're on their turf. Here's the thing. A smart owner, a smart manager will not go to HR's office to have a conversation. HR has to get up off their posterior off their fake throne of power and walk down to the manager's office and have a have a conversation. So in this scenario, the male CEO, who's a gentleman and a Christian, flat out tells the HR manager, "Hey, I know that the woman in this department quit. I called her and I asked her what happened." because you didn't give me a straight story. And she told me what happened and I'm horrified. Do you want to explain to me why you didn't fire this guy who was sexually harassing her? And then just wait for the stupid um inclusiveness response, the backpedaling. So here's what the CEO should do. He should get all the information that this HR moron is saying, the HR manager. Then he should interview and question everybody in the HR department, find out who knew what when, because it's not just one person that failed to protect this worker that was being harassed. It was the entire HR department, and you can't tell me they don't blab. Look, let me just say it: hens talk. You got that many hens in a hen house? Oh, oh, they, it's a gab fast. They're going to be blabbing everything. There is no HIPAA. <laughs> it, just, it just is not. They blab everything in that office, and they think that HIPAA means well, as long as it doesn't go, but you know, past these walls, then it's HIPAA compliant. Um, that's not what HIPAA means. Hint, hint. So the CEO, who's sharp, smart, and a Christian man, he questions and interviews every person in the HR uh, HR department. He questions and interviews this woman's boss. 
Then he questions the the supervisor of the man that was harassing her because he wants to know, "Hey, you can't tell me his boss didn't know about this." Cuz over time this woman got more and more vocal about what this guy was doing. So so the CEO interviews and questions the jerk's boss and then he interviews and questions the jerk. Needs to say he finds out this woman, of course he didn't doubt her because she was so upset she quit. He finds out she's completely telling the truth, which again, he didn't doubt it cuz usually when people quit like that, there's a there's something going on. And it's usually something really bad. So here's what the good kind Christian CEO does. He fires the jerk. He fires his manager, the jerk of the manager, or sorry, the manager of the jerk. He fires anyone in HR that knew about it, gossiped about it and did nothing about it. Which more than likely is going to be the entire HR department. Cuz getting HR to do the right thing, you might as well wait for hell to freeze over or an apocalypse, you know, whichever you prefer. And there might be some listing saying, "Well, Leslie, that's just not possible." Did you know that with God all things are possible? And it is actually God who says, "Do not associate with the wicked and the disobedient." So if God be for you, who dare be against you? Who cares what these stupid people think? Why do you care what bad people think? You need to care about what God thinks. And you know what? The owner of a company, they can do whatever they want. If they want to fire everybody, they can. I'm all for stuff like that, you know, clean house. So let's say for example, this CEO does just that. He fires all the bad people I just mentioned. Guess what he has the wonderful opportunity to do? He has a wonderful opportunity to hire new, good, wonderful people that will never act like that. That is an amazing thing to do. And he can rehire the woman that was treated really bad. See, that's what good people do. And you're probably thinking, well, that just doesn't seem right, Leslie. I mean, is it really right to fire all those people? I mean, come on. Yes, it is. Here's why. Every single one of those bad people was wicked. Every single one of those bad people was disobedient. Think about it. They were wicked to that woman. They were disobedient to their supervisors. They were disobedient to the CEO. They didn't care to do what's right. They scoffed at the woman, made fun of her, ridiculed her. Here's the thing. Whenever people are evil and disobedient here on this earth, think about this. They are being incredibly wicked and evil and disobedient to God. That's the thing. That's why the Bible is so strict about this stuff because God doesn't want his people to be oppressed. Here's the thing. The more you tolerate bad evil people, the more oppressed you're going to be. Here's the thing. You cannot get people to change. They have to change. They have to acknowledge that what they did was wrong. They have to be repentant. 
and they have to long or desire to be a better version of themselves like they have to they have to own up to what they did that was stupid but see here's the thing and I'll close with this in our current society our society says oh no let's be inclusive we shouldn't call people out on this stuff you know we should be politic you know we should be politically correct we should be inclusive here's the thing Don't be politically correct, just be correct. Don't be inclusive, be exclusive. Meaning if you want to work at this at this place, at this company, you have to be the best person we could possibly hire for this position because this is not an inclusive company because we don't tolerate anything and everything under the sun. We are exclusive. We expect people to bring their best every single day. Every single day. Wouldn't it be nice if we had companies that operated like that? See, here's the thing. Before the politically correct left and progressives got into power and started ruining our society, this is how companies used to predominantly behave. They fired people quickly back in the day. It didn't matter what kind of company it was. Like if someone was screwing up and they were being mean to somebody, they were fired. It wasn't, "Oops, you know, you were you just drank too much coffee. That's why you were irritable. That's why you told someone off. That's why you cursed at them." You know, here at this company, we're inclusive, so you're allowed, you know, one bad word a day. You know, you are allowed one tantrum a week. Why? Because we're inclusive. Well, what does that say to the victim? It says you don't care about them. It says that for the sake of the of the office culture which most office cultures are screwed up and weird you know basically you're saying that for the sake of the office culture and preserving what you have and what you think is great you're willing to let someone be treated really bad because you value the culture and the status quo more than this person's rights as a human being and I'm not just talking about you know their rights as a worker you know which are protected at a, at a state and federal level i'm talking about you know being a human being just basic equality see here's the thing whenever you tolerate bad stuff like this it's what you allow to contaminate so what you tolerate is what you allow to contaminate and see within inclusivism it says oh everything's great here yeah right yeah right you know if i if i were the ceo of the of the fake company that i just mentioned i would totally go through every single file that ever you know hit the hr office i would look at every single complaint i would go as far back as i would need to go 10 20 years i don't care because i would want to know How many times this HR office looked the other way when they were supposed to stand up for what's right? Protect the workers. Help them. This is why these verses are so important. Again, it says the wicked 
Those who live in disobedience to God's law are not so. They are like the chaff, worthless and without substance when the wind blows away. Here's the thing. Disobedient wicked people are just that. They're disobedient wicked people. You should never give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't deserve it. And I'm not saying that out of hate. I'm actually saying it out of love. Because why would you give a bad person the benefit of the doubt when their victim is standing right there? See, here's the thing. The benefit of the doubt goes to the oppressed. It goes to the victim. It goes to those who need and deserve justice, who long for justice. So needless to say, these these really bizarre office cultures that are typically run by HR offices and by all these stupid hens that work there because me personally I'm not a fan of working with a bunch of women because all I hear is that's all I hear I can't stand it I cannot stand it like literally I just want to put earplugs in because it's like a sorority house even though we're not in college it's just like break these people up like separate them You know, what's interesting is that the more so-called inclusive we get and the more um uh, we talk about feminism or the more feminism or or intersectionality feminism is um utilized in practice, I've noticed the behavior of women gets worse and worse. Like it's not more godly, it's actually more evil. Women typically are not that great to each other. So Why would you promote and enable them to be worse to each other as opposed to being holy? That's my question. You know, some of the best jobs I've had over the years were when um I worked with very few women and I was left alone. <laughs> It didn't matter if I had to meet and greet the public or maybe, you know, I was doing data analysis and uh and or working as a staff accountant and, you know I just I had my own office and people didn't bother me because I could just sit down focus do my job do it well and be left alone the jobs that I hated were ones that it was just a free for all it you know there was no discipline there were um there were no boundaries it was just chaos and i just thought you know even drunk college students behave better than a bunch of women in an office that's really sad because a lot of the a lot of the women that i work with these days they're menopausal or postmenopausal and man some of them are hell to work with i don't know what hormones they're on or maybe they need to be on a hormone patch but it's just like oh my gosh do you not realize how bizarre and weird your behavior is but what's interesting it's like these women It's so stupid like they circle the bandwagons around someone that they know is not behaving correctly even in an office. This happens all the time. That's why whenever I meet a fellow worker whether they are male or female and they are black and white yes and no, I mean they say it like it is, I love that. I think that's great because I know that worker is very honest. and cares to get things done and do it right the first time and is not a gossiper is not a liar is not going to pull this stuff 
you know, I think a lot of HR offices should read the Bible. <laughs> you know what I think they should do? I, I really, I'll close with this because I know I'm, I'm going over 30 minutes here. What I wish CEOs would do whenever they are hiring someone in HR, I think on their first day they should be given a Bible and be told, read this. I don't care what religion you are, but you need to read this. Even if you don't believe in God, there's excellent wisdom from God's holy word. And I don't care if you get offended by that or not, but here's the thing. The Bible is one of the best or if not the best manual of how to handle other people. And also how to protect the oppressed and how to help victims get justice. I guarantee you If CEOs did that, oh my gosh, there would be oh gosh, who knows how many lawsuits against companies by HR employees that are claiming that, "Oh, you're trying to push your religion on me." No, I actually said it's a manual because it is. It just happens to be scripture. You know what's interesting? How many people will throw a hissy fit when you talk about the Bible? And you say, "Hey, you should really read the Bible." They get offended at that. Oh, don't push your religion on me. But yet whenever someone tries to push um, you know, a different type of doctrine, you know, like Buddhism or or these writings from like um the Middle East or maybe Eastern you know, religions and things like that, you know, that go back thousands of years or whatever, oh, that's okay. But Christianity, oh, how dare you? How dare you suggest I read God's word? How, you know, how dare you suggest, you know, I read the book of psalms and try and find some peace. How how dare you suggest that? You know, I'll definitely read what Buddha says or something or or uh, Muhammad. Here's the thing, you'd be surprised how many Christians get punished for giving really good advice but only because it's based on God's word. There are so many people that hate Christians, they hate the Bible, they hate Christianity. and they will do anything they can to get those people in trouble. But yet if someone's Buddhist or practice some eastern religion or cult, oh, it's okay because they're spiritual. I mean, wow. Wow. You'd be surprised how many people punish Christians. It's like we live in a Christian nation. If you don't like it here, then leave. If you don't like the fact that hey we call the wicked out on what they do and we call the disobedient out on what they do then hey go live in a dictatorship go live in a communist country I mean if if that's what you want But here's the thing There are wicked people there are disobedient people and here's the thing you and I we cannot change anyone We can pray for them and we should do that. And if you work for a company that has an HR office, even if you think they're great, which they are not, don't be fooled by it. <laughs> they 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 are paid to lie. They they are paid to um they're paid to be your friend. Here's the thing, you can't buy friendship and you can't buy loyalty. So don't ever think for a second that your job is secure with an HR department. It just isn't. Like you're easily expendable. easily Here's the thing. 
there are bad people, there are wicked people, there are disobedient people. We are supposed to pray for them. It is not our job to change them. That's that that's up to God. And that that also is up to the person that is not a good person because they they have to take ownership for their behavior and their lifestyle. And if they don't take ownership of it and repent, then yet again they're being disobedient. But that's not our problem. That's their problem. It's on the individual, not on us. And I truly hope and pray that more and more CEOs really focus on their HR departments and encourage them to be good kind people. Because it is very rare for HR departments to actually value human life, but yet the word human is in their job title. Here's what I would do if I had a company like that. I would only hire an HR manager. I would say, "Hey, your job, it's a 3-year contract or like a 2-year contract, and I would change out people every 2 or 3 years because the risk is really great whenever you keep people in a position of power like that for too long a period of time whenever you're dealing with human resources departments because they love power. It's like HR departments are the untouchable department. See, there's that narcissistic behavior again. You know, j- just that belief, you know, oh, we are the most important department because we're human resources. We're in charge of everything. No, you're not. The owner is in charge of everything. The person that actually pays the bills is in charge of everything. I wish more CEOs would call out these people that do not that do not very nice things within HR departments because I've seen a lot of stuff over the years. And I just think, you know, HR departments I think stupidly were created to take that human resource aspect of management off of managers and put it into a department so then now managers are not even really in charge of their departments. I mean, it's weird. Like there was one time I had a job. This is a long time ago. I worked in a in a um, accounting department, and I worked. Um, let's see. I think it was. I think I worked with a CFO and then an assistant CFO, and I was like right below them. I was a senior staff accountant. You know, our office, our department was pretty good. It had its problems, but you know, it wasn't as bad as other places like IT. and um because I'm not always sure if the guys in IT I don't even know if they bathe. I mean sometimes they walk in and I'm just like, "Wow, please go home and take a shower." Um but what really disappointed me is that our CFO and our assistant CFO like they were just terrified of HR departments. Like they were terrified of the HR manager. And I just thought, you know, that is really sad. that someone who is as high up as a CFO or assistant CFO is terrified of the human resources department and the human resources department is very rarely ethical or moral they may be legal on a lot of things but again that doesn't mean they're moral or ethical and i just thought you know that's really sad that one department in the entire company basically 
calls the shots on everything and yet they are not staff accountants they are not CPAs they are not the chief financial officer they don't have a clue what we do but yet they act like they do and i just thought you know that is not right but think about it the ceo of that company is the one that put hr in charge of all this stuff and made it seem like hr calls the shots i think it is a tremendous mistake to do that because i think you're basically selling out to people that don't really have your back because at at the end of the day hr departments they only care about themselves because again they are professional paper pushers i have never met a kind hr manager or an admin assistant or executive assistant whatever names they want to call themselves where they are not managers and they don't have a lot of responsibility but they do a lot of the grunt work you know i've noticed that people that when they work in the hr department they know they work in hr and they hold it over everybody else in the company so the, so there's always this little bit of walking on eggshells i hated that like when i go to work I don't care that there's an HR department because I know my job, I do it well, and I'm a good Christian woman. So what am I worried about? I know they have power, but their power is nothing to the power of my God. Nothing. I wish more workers knew that. I wish more managers knew that. I wish CEOs knew that. And I wish CEOs would not allow any one particular department to rule over everything because that's not their job. I just find it very interesting how many bad people I have met at places of employment. Most of the wicked people I've met over the years and believe me there are some wicked people here in the Bible belt. You'd be surprised. Wink wink. Um Most of the bad people I've met over the years have been in offices. And here's the thing. Almost every single time there's a bad person that worked in an office, they got away with it because the office culture was more important than doing what's right. Well, who allows that and tolerates that? It's the owner. That's why we need more owners and more CEOs whether male or female to be good kind Christian people of God. Not these pacifists, not these in- inclusiveness idiots, not these politically correct morons. Cuz you know what's interesting? God is not politically correct. <laughs> He's just correct. Isn't that nice? I love that. See, that's how you know that God loves you. He's not politically correct. He he's correct. Everything that God says and does is true. His word is holy. His actions are holy. His promises are good and true. That's why it is so important to read God's holy word, meditate on it, dive into it. believe in it. And if you have a question about something, ask God. I don't care if you're atheist, agnostic, 
confused, Baptist, Catholic, Mormon, whatever. I, I don't care. If you have a question, ask God. He loves his children. He wants to hear from you. And here's the thing. When I say children, I'm not just talking about infants or grade schoolers. All of us, regardless of our age, I don't care if you're like 152 or something, you are still one of God's children. It doesn't matter what your age is. Every single one of us is one of God's children. So if you have a question about something or a concern, or maybe you just need help, you know, maybe you need help with a capital H, that's okay. Go to God with that. Just pour your heart out. And then at the end of it, whatever you say, you need to thank God in advance. Just say, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for helping me. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know that with you on my side, I can do all things through Christ. I know that things are getting better every day, and I'm so grateful, and I love you. I just love the fact that, that you love me, and I thank you for helping me with this. See, because here's the thing. If you don't end your prayer with thanking him, then mentally, more than likely, you're going to be a little exhausted, but you're not going to look at God as, oh, he's got this. You need to know for a fact that God's got this. Whatever your situation is, God's got this. So when you thank him at the end of your prayer, you might want to thank him at the beginning and the end because it gives you more confidence and it brings you more joy. It also warms God's heart. Sometimes just a simple thank you is, is a wonderful way of conveying your love to somebody. It's a wonderful thing. So I have found, you know, just speaking from personal experience, that whenever I end a prayer with thank you, God, I know in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my will, and my emotions and my feelings, which sometimes those things are really tough, the emotions and the feelings of life, They're kind of rocky sometimes, right? But here's the thing. When you say thank you to God, at the end of your prayer, you know, at the end of your request, at the end of your concern, when you say thank you, it's just, it's just this warm and inviting acknowledgement that you know that God's got this. And that whatever you talk to God about, it's between you and him. You know what's interesting? is that God doesn't have to give you a HIPAA-compliant brochure in order for God to value and protect your privacy. Isn't that interesting? So here's the thing. Everything you say and everything you talk about with God is completely confidential, and he loves you. And when you say thank you, there's just something about it That I can't explain it, but it, there's just something in me that says, I know this is taken care of. I know that I have nothing to worry about and I can just go about my day happy and free because that's what you are in Christ Jesus. You are happy and free. Here's the thing. If you tolerate or allow wicked people and disobedience in your life. You will not be happy and free. 
Because you're not doing things God's way. So take a leap of faith. Do things God's way. Don't be inclusive. Be exclusive. Be, be completely God's child. Be exclusive to him and only him and no one else. You will be amazed at how much God will bless you in every area of your life when you give God a chance to do just that, to bless you. So I encourage you, give God a chance to bless you. He loves you. He adores you. He's for you. Never against you. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual, until next time, I pray that you are happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Still